Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. <laughs> Somehow. It has. Somehow it has. I have a southern accent. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to drop that right now. Hi. We, uh, (laughs) of all the accents we could have chosen, we just talked for like 45 minutes about stealing the creep's voice. Just doing the whole podcast as the creep. Yeah. Because we're talking creep show. We're talking creep show. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. We're talking all the creep shows. All the creep show properties. The creep show averse? <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? It probably is. It could be. It should She's, be. This series has a it's been durable. It's you know, it's been spaced out quite a bit, but quite a it bit. keeps finding ways to make decent money. It's and... a it's a golden era for creep show fans <laughs> right now. The revitalization on Shudder with the new series. And, yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about the nineteen eighty two movie. That's the focus. We'll get into the sequel in the series, yeah. but the the nineteen eighty two creep show the original is OG a classic it's in my it's got to be in my top five if top five maybe top ten top I can see now you know, you know I, what I mean don't make me bully you out of five because you it's know when all-timer. you get down to it it's an all time it's great uh, yeah this is definitely one of my favorites uh, one to go to uh, we we ended up watching this recently as a group outdoors yeah. in, a, in an outdoor screening socially distant. Uh, and it was everyone <laughs> threw movies into a hat, and uh, yeah, we did this before that. with uh, some John Carpenter movies. We did. Yep. And the funny thing is, is we adapted that to still have all of the Carpenter movies. Got to keep the Carpenter in there for sure. Every Carpenter movie, we want to tackle them all, and <laughs> we'll so we had, had all the Carpenter movies uh, in this hat, and then we also threw in wild card picks. Very few. The odds were not. It good. was weird how the wild card got picked. Yeah. I know. My my, Both my wild card got picked. So yeah, this was your choice. This was one God that you've been right. wanting to do. <laughs> that's my yeah. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. It, I always say this. It's it's one that's like man. It took us almost seventy episodes to do creep show. Right. We've covered so much stuff, but there's still these big automatic hits out right. there that are just huge. These these monumental kind of horror oh, yeah. classics. I mean, we have a lot of big ones that we. Are not yeah, there's still <laughs> because I there's mean a, a lot, lot of, of ground to cover. A lot of people have talked about Halloween or Texas Chainsaw or whatever, but yeah, uh, Creep Show is one. Just I just love I talking love about. I it. love talking about it. I, I love, love it. thinking about it. I love like <laughs> imagining other Creep Show type stories. You know, I'm a big kid who grew up with the the Twilight Zone reruns and yeah, Tales right. from the Crypt. So the anthology horror is like really. Yeah, I remember the first time I uh, we didn't have HBO, but. At some point, CBS got the license to air edited versions right. of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. And it was on like Saturday nights when my parents had gone to bed. So I'd be watching these edited <laughs> Tales from the Crypt and then uh, Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. That kind oh, of yeah. stuff. Outer Limits for was sure. It was all on Saturday nights. And then, yeah, when uh, I was 11, 10, 11, 12, uh, they had at the library in Healdsburg the Creep Show comic book. Mm. It was released like in conjunction with. The 1982 movie. Yeah, if you don't know, Creepshow the movie kind of plays out like a comic book. Yeah, they're they're based on these old horror comics from the 50s, right? And uh, Vault of Horror. Yeah, the William Gaines, the original Tales from the Crypt stuff. 
you know, House of Mystery, those kind of totally uh, horror comics after the codes got got broken, so you yeah. can kind of publish the coolest the gorier stuff. stuff. <laughs> and it really is. If you go back and look, it is so cool. It is, and it is just so. It's got that. I would have flipped if I was a kid oh, yeah. when that kind of stuff came out. But it's and, and Creepshow perfectly captures the mood of these old comic books. Totally, they're exciting. They're thrilling. They're not too disgusting but they're pretty crazy <laughs> they're intense yeah they can be in- very intense i've seen this movie a lot and i think it's depending on my mood is how i view creep show uh when things were better <laughs> i used to you know like what? laugh my way through it and now that <laughs> now that everything's dude i'm right there with you everything's the dirt worst i sat there and just like horrified through way more of creep show than i've ever been horrified through like actually scared yeah some of the segments hit a little differently in 2020 yeah uh, when you're thinking about the end of the world scenarios <laughs> yeah, there and was, mental illness and, oh there was a lot yeah. of <laughs> a lot of doom going on in my brain as i'm watching some of totally. these a lot of like uh, helplessness and it's like damn Creep show's hitting. Everything's hitting for me. <laughs> but this was a great choice. This was kind of a last minute pick for you, right? I like, think so. But, well, because it was such a wide like pick any movie. Yeah, okay. our wild card was literally anybody like, can pick any movie. I was gonna go Dunstan a, checks in. Oh yeah, you, you gotta know, go. Dunstan. Baby's day out. Monkey trouble. But for <laughs> and then it's like one of those movies that you you don't realize. Until you see it, you don't realize how much trouble a monkey can get into. <laughs> and then you see it play out in monkey trouble, and it's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so I get it. You could pick any movie, and you got to weigh, like, most valuable primate. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> any which way but loose. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. But so, Battle no, but you were, you were thinking, like, kind of more, uh, like, I know we had talked Apparently I had apes and on all these other ones, and... Uh, then you kind of came over a little early to hang out and was like, I've been feeling creep show. Yeah. It's like, yes, I am feeling creep show. I, I've been feeling creep show because to me, it's the perfect escapism totally. horror movie. Mm-hmm. It, and, and again, I think I just said it, but it's not too heavy. The, the first one, at <laughs> least for this time, the, the tag, the tagline is the most fun you'll ever have being scared or something like that. Okay. And I think it really that's does pretty, embody that. That's pretty accurate. I think it really does a, a lot of the, a lot of the moments embody that. So yeah, so this so. was like, uh, I, I was not old enough when it came out. I was barely born. and uh, But it was popular. And I wonder how big of a deal it was, though, at the time to have the, like, Stephen King and Romero. That's one of those big, you know, the titans of horror. Yeah, I don't know if it made money or anything, but, I mean, this was it, Stephen King's... It didn't make King's, huge money, this was, but uh, it made good profit. Stephen King was... Obviously huge by 82 yeah. as a novelist, but this, I think I read, was his first screenplay. Oh, okay. Directly for the screen. Directly for the screen. Uh, right. So this would be an original, you know, Stephen King. And, and that's what I love about these. These are all, like, original stories. Yeah. All the other creep shows borrow from previously published stories and mm-hmm. works. The series does that, too, for a lot of them. So, But seeing this one, they feel like classic stories that you've heard a thousand times, but they are like these they original. They are totally new. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I discovered this comic book right. in the in the Healdsburg Library, that was a, an instant uh, first read. Is this a comic book read a lot like the movie? Like, totally. Are they, are they the same it's a segments It's a panel-for-panel panel recreation, basically, of, uh, love that. of the movie. Love that. I love comic book <laughs> adaptations of movies. Oh, yeah. I grew up great getting all the Batman movie adaptations, Spawn movie. I like... 
Oh, love the Spawn comic totally. book, then also have to get the comic book <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. I don't and know. This one was awesome because, so this was, I was probably 11 and just really kind of discovered Stephen King and mm-hmm. horror. Right. It, just because it was probably, you know, looking back, it was probably like, oh, this is the name I always hear mm-hmm. associated with horror. Like, that was big during, I was born in 81, so by 91, you don't hear more horror name than Stephen King right. throughout that decade. And so I think I just gravitated to that in the library, had all these books, some of them huge, some of them like 1,100 pages. And then here's this comic book sticking out with like kind of a nice glossy uh, laminated cover. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems like the easiest place to start. That cover's got like a kid in bed reading the comic Uh book with the crypt. Or the uh, the creep. Well, or there someone was there was several the different uh, releases of it. Okay, but yeah, that is. Uh, I think I forget the specific one that the gotcha. library had, but you but know, it's that cool old style art. Yeah, it, it instantly looked like are. one of those old EC comics. Yeah, and and I was a big fan of Mad Magazine. Oh sure, I had had a subscription to Mad, and had gotten a big book about the history of EC comics when I was you know same age. And so I knew about these, but I'd never seen them ever. Mm-hmm. Never seen them. And so this Creepshow one was immediately like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is in the library? The <laughs> Healdsburg Library? And so I read that thing through, and so many of the visuals from the comic book stick with me, even more so than the movie. You get a great look at the, uh, the, the thing under the stairs. Because oh. it's just in a frozen panel. From the crate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The thing in the crate. Oh, totally. You know, in the movie, it's a quick flash. But in that panel, it's this big filled up screen with like, on pause. Take it in, yeah. Yeah, you can really, and I just would stare That's at that cool. thing. And so there's so many visuals from this comic that stuck in my brain. By the time I saw the movie, like in my late teens, early 20s, it was like, oh yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> like This has been playing out in my brain for a decade. Totally. Uh, it's got cool stars all throughout. Mm-hmm. Some fun, cheesy to the specific tone acting, and then some really great acting. Everything about this movie hits. The score is great. John Harrison's score. Score is great. Who's a went on to be a creep show legend. Mm-hmm. Also directing episodes of the TV series. Score is so good, and like you said, it just hits that comic book style yeah right and we've talked about Stephen King he wrote it uh George Romero yeah the director uh I think this is outside of his zombie work this has got to be his crown jewel sure this thing is uh just a perfect balance as far as what a director has to achieve in the mood and 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 everything and yeah it like you like you I I grew up reading Stephen King was kind of my introduction to horror and then uh watching Night of the Living Dead when I was you know Oh yeah, ten or eleven, twelve, whatever it was, that was really what got me into horror movies. And so the pairing of these two, I I must have seen this when I was a teenager or so. Okay, but like you, it's familiar. Like it feels like I've <laughs> yeah. always known Creepshow. Yeah, it's something like nostalgic for a time that I never lived. It in. hits those tones of these kind of stories, these macabre stories with like little twists at the end. You know that. Uh... And and the kind of like morality tale kind of angle some of them take like very mm-hmm. Twilight Zone very so much it feels very familiar yeah you've uh, seen in these, all the right ways you've seen stories told like this yeah so it's like you're kind of <laughs> you know it's like watching Columbo episodes and it's like I <laughs> sure. know this story uh but it's 
Exactly. But I like the way they're telling this version of right. it. Right. That's why they had 19 years of Law and Order. It's <laughs> yeah. like, this is literally the same plot. And so Creepshow's just a little taste, but it keeps good times, good pace throughout. And it is so impressive as a piece of screenwriting and as a piece of directing, as you were just praising, because it's able to flip these tones all mm-hmm. throughout. It's able to do so many different tone shifts, which can come off disappointing in a movie it's kind of like a potluck where everything is always at the wrong temperature that it's supposed to be and it's like i like all of these foods but this is not as satisfying right now it's a it's a fine line for an anthology movie to take right like yeah that you just saying that makes me think of kind of the disappointment of the twilight zone movie where the spielberg segment is just like "Mm, this is just kind of sappy in the middle of a (laughs) horror movie yeah it doesn't fit and anthology movies, a lot of times you'll have that where one doesn't really work. Yeah. Or the first one's not great, so it <laughs> kind of takes a while to get into yeah, it. Yeah, well, that finished strong. Yeah. yeah keeping all... The last two segments are great. It's like, <laughs> well, I, then I have to sit through an hour of not great. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you buy into four different stories, which the more stories you're doing, the higher the chance of, right, exactly. of one of them, even if it's good, just feeling out of place and this one is pretty i mean it's pretty ambitious two hour running time five stories yeah. a, a wraparound the two hours is, is surprising it's kind of yeah it and it almost can get long at points but i think they keep it yeah like you the said the crate probably feels a little bit long uh but the rest of it for a two hour one it's it still goes by quick yeah it's just shocking because how many 80s horror movies are pushing past two that's crazy mm-hmm how many push past 85? So a two-hour R-rated movie <laughs> is already asking a lot from <laughs> the yeah. studio. Uh, but it works, man. It works great. Uh, the rap log pro- the wraparound prologue could have been a dud. Wasn't. Oh, it's one of my favorite Because it starts bits. with Tom Atkins. Yeah. Need Any, to bring anytime in. you bring in Tom Atkins, you're going to be okay. Did but. you realize, like, did, had it dawned on you even 15 years ago how synonymous with the best era of horror Tom Atkins is? Have we covered every Atkins movie on this so We're long? getting there. We've covered him so much because we he's are getting so there. much cool stuff. He hooked up with the best people. Well, it's one of those where you go... I don't think he's been in a bad movie that I know of. Like no. he, like everything's a stone cold classic. Fog, uh, Escape from New York, this thing we talked about. Halloween, Halloween three. three. We talked. You know, we haven't talked about Night of the Creeps yet, but that's a God. classic. Yeah. Maniac Cop. Like there are easily ten episodes. Not a dud in his career of Atkins genre work. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the best, and he's, he's just got, he's got one of the best lines of the whole movie. So it starts <laughs> out with him. It's kind of like the this beginning. This is a different Atkins than we usually see. <laughs> you though. know what this beginning is? It reminds me a lot of watching the beginning of the Michael Jackson video where <laughs> yeah. the kids getting yelled at by George Wayne yeah, for this being is black or white. Yeah, <laughs> it totally. That's what is. it is. That's what it is. And the kid, you know, George Wayne was the, <laughs> that was the best thing about black or white. George Wayne is the only saving grace of that video, man. And he's channeling uh, Tom Atkins in that yeah, bit for he, sure. He is ripping off Atkins. Atkins is just just a mean dad. He's a mean dad who, for Usually some reason, he's doesn't want his kid reading the horror comics. Oh, like, there always of a nerd has to be dad doesn't yeah, want his kid reading right? these, like. There always has to be that. Oh, people were so scared of heavy metal. 
1982. Yeah. It's the same kind of satanic panic we're getting again now. Like, oh, it was real. People thought that their kid read heavy metal magazine and they were going to become a you know, school shooter. They'd be a freak or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was literally. So his, his line is, you know, that's why God made fathers. Yeah. It's like Atkins Chicago accent. <laughs> totally. That's why God made fathers, babe. We get Yeah, Atkins does Proud the wraparound in throwing away a comic book. Great yeah, job, right? Dad. Yeah, he's really patting himself on the back <laughs> he's, there. Uh, he's pretty proud of himself. He really like changed cracks that beard. He like yeah. changed <laughs> the batteries on something. He's like, well, that's how you do that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm here for. I'm reclining in this lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really abusive. <laughs> totally over the top. Also abusive. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, the kid, the, and the kid, and the kid, just because I love pointing this out to everybody every time I see it, Stephen King's son, yay! Oh, right, as the little kid. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. And uh, <laughs> it's a fun little piece of truth. I didn't I even know like Stephen. I didn't even know Stephen King had a son. So it's uh, Joe Hill, the the author. Yeah, I, I, I actually didn't son. know that until you told me when cool. we watched it. That's so, why I like spreading this information. I know around. you spread it around. It was really helpful. I'm a good guy. Uh, but yeah, he's great, and he meets up with the uh, the creep outside his window. And, <laughs> yeah, and because uh, that's a, a thing that can just happen. And what's great is the dad being very afraid of his son being a total weirdo freak. Actually, turns out his son is a total weirdo freak who's like yeah. making eyes at this floating ghoul outside of his window. Turns like, out he was right. Come on in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> turns out parents kind of should have good instincts yeah. for their kids. <laughs> yeah, I love the wraparound because it's a two-hour movie, and we get. This is a five-minute story. Mm-hmm. So we get three up top and then two more way at the end. Like, it yeah. is – that is – ooh. I'm, I was hanging on that. The whole time I was like, is Atkins coming back? <laughs> First time I saw this, I didn't know there was a wraparound. But it works. Yeah. It's creep show, baby. Uh, all of the stories I love. Uh, I, 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 I like all the stories. Yeah. What's the – what's your favorite? Hmm. I got, I got an easy Man. one. I think, you know what? I've been actually going back and forth in this because I kind of oh, feel like okay. I knew this was going to come up. Sure. And I think one I, of us was going to put the other on the spot for it. And I think you and I are probably going to agree that it's got to be the Leslie Nielsen yeah. Ted Danson segment, right? Oh, yeah. That thing is perfection. It is. Li- I mean, literal perfection. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not using I purposely. Shot for shot. Leslie Nielsen every line of dialogue in this scene is. Perfect. It's one of the best horror acting performances ever. Yeah. He's downright evil. And the way he keeps revealing new depths of that evil as this episode goes on is pretty startling. Especially for me. Uh, I was super familiar with uh, Naked Gun and sure. Police Squad. If, you, yeah, if you're a, a fan of Leslie Nielsen, it's because he's a silly yeah. comedic actor. I didn't, I didn't ever know him as a dramatic actor until I was way deeper in college mm-hmm. you know i only knew him as a comedian surely you can't be serious yeah <laughs> and i loved it it was one of my absolute <laughs> favorite things uh he's downright scary and evil yeah and cruel and merciless in this but cool and it's one of those great things the same way i loved albert brooks as the villain in drive you know i love when a comedian is cast as this mm-hmm. ultra villain it's always fun it's always good and when you get a guy like nielsen able to show off yeah this is also what i can do i love it it's one of those things where i later discovered all the really fine leslie nielsen dramatic 
performances. Because then I, I sent everybody the link. He's in this episode a decade later of, in Highway to Heaven, the yes. Michael Landon. I did not click on the link. I apologize. You should watch it. I'll have to watch it. He's a, he's like a Scrooge-type villain who gets reformed. Hmm. And it is this beautiful, touching human performance. It's like, everybody loves Leslie Nielsen. He's the most, probably, you could make a case, the most beloved, universally beloved American actor ever. Gotta be up there, for sure. Of the last 40 years, have you ever met a person who's just like, Leslie Nielsen ain't my thing? You can find people who Steve Martin's probably not their thing. Sure. And you sure. can find people who are put off by like the smugness of Bill Murray. You know, if you're talking other universally beloved totally. kind of guys. Some people probably get annoyed by Robin Williams. You know, if you're thinking of these who hates these people. I've never met somebody that hates Leslie Nielsen. No, he's like a Fred Willard or a uh, yeah. Henry Winkler, just like right? universally like beloved. nobody is making an argument against yeah, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. And But you know, you don't see him ever play the villain. No, and you don't get see him get credit for being a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's beloved, but he's not getting, you know, there was never like a prestige supporting actor Oscar role right. that he got, you know, like some of these other comedians have, have gotten. He was the first choice for Max Cherry, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. In the alternate universe, I'd I'll love watch to it. see it. I'll I'd watch love it. to see it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so everybody loves Leslie Nielsen, but they love him because he's Leslie Nielsen. They mm-hmm. don't think of him as great actor. Leslie Nielsen, but we're getting more and more evidence of this and this segment of Creepshow. Wow. It's amazing. It's um, Yeah, it's called Something to Tide You Over, <laughs> and uh, it's one of those that just builds and builds, and it uh, begins with a hostage situation, Yeah, and he's got a gun on Ted Danson, and he makes him bury himself in sand. Yeah, and he makes a man dig his own grave. And all then, the while uh, thinking he's going to... Maybe let him go after this. Uh, Ted Danson sleeping with his wife, so it's a uh, revenge thing. But yeah. he, Ted Danson keeps thinking he's just going to humiliate him, let him go. Mm-hmm. And then when it becomes clear, when he turns <laughs> on the TV and you see the wife down oh, yeah. the beach, now being drowned by the tide yeah, coming in. It's a, it's a really scary... That moment is the scariest this moment This is a, of the movie, a really sure. scary kind of situation for me, personally. And like, as I was saying, that creep show was, for some reason, like... It was burrowing into my like eyeballs on this one. Like I was f- focused and uh, I was kind of scared during during a couple of these and really grim. And throughout this one, this is a scary situation where you keep getting led further and further mm-hmm. or to a new location. Mm-hmm. And then it's that carrot dangling that you know that you're getting deeper into a bad situation but you also kind of have to get yourself further into this bad situation because he has this power over you. That's scary. Yeah. And Ted Danson, that's that's how the whole episode evolves. At first, yeah, it's this revenge story, and it's kind of soap opera-y, Leslie Nielsen confronting his wife's lover. Mm-hmm. And as each... Leslie Nielsen keeps acting more evil as Ted Danson is acting more helpless. And it's a slow turn from both. They keep crossing each other and passing each other, you know. And it just really got me. Right. Well, like like you said, there's this, yeah, it's a slow growth. But then there's that moment where Ted Danson understands. Yeah. 
And I think he says something like, you know, he has that like, oh God, you're insane. Like he has yeah. that moment like, oh no. Yeah, he, this guy is actually when you crazy. realize there's no chance, and yeah, is a scary moment. And this movie lets a lot of those moments play out. But Leslie Nielsen's gradual descent into very calm, very well mannered, but just cold blooded evil. Mm-hmm. He was chilling. Uh, the deeper he got, when when we're learning with Ted Danson just how psycho he is, right? It's a great constructed story because. You're learning the plot when they're kind of learning the plot. Uh, it didn't. There's no setup to the story. Right. The way it reveals itself is, and especially in a short story, it's so important to get everything out of every moment. Yeah. So uh, the the way it reveals him just turning that TV on and seeing the wife drowning down the beach, <laughs> and that flip of Ted Danson realizing the trouble he's in, and yeah, knowing that it's going to have this grim ending. Like, there's few things that would be more terrifying than having your body buried up to your head in in sand and then having this tide just slowly drown you. Yeah, it's awful. That's insanely, insanely evil. (laughs) It's awful. And I was just sitting there like, like I said, you see some suffering in Mm -hmm. Creepshow. And it was bothering me. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bugging me. And... But then also, I just, it was scary me and just like getting under my it's skin. It's scary. It's creepy, right? It's appropriately creepy. But then there is the moment where you finally get the shot of Ted Danson's head underwater, giving the like, Burr! yeah. So it then it gives you that little hit of fun. <laughs> it does as it goes. The movie would well. A lot of these stories either start or end with comedy like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to the Jody Vera one in a bit. Uh, but they'll end more on a, a silly, not lighthearted, but with like, and here's some gross effects, you know, but they're doing it in more of like a, ew, kind right, of like, right. like we got to end these panels with a shocking pop. Right. Well, know? so many of the stories, they, they do this lighting trick where like the whole background lights up and there's these <laughs> outlines, zigzag kind of like a, like a like comic. A comic. Yeah. They, the actors are suddenly in the foreground of a comic. I love when movies incorporate that kind of style. Oh, yeah. And it really happened. The You're one thinking I'm thinking Cellar of, Dweller. So, yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. Cellar Dweller. <laughs> I knew it. And then I was trying to think of other movies today that were that do that because I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about how I like comic books. They released a version of uh, The Warriors that had it. Ooh, I like that. Some people sound. hate it. Some people thought it was cool. Uh, but yeah, the uh, only other one I could think of though was Ang Lee's Hulk. Hulk. Totally, that's and the. Other. I was like, you know what? I I did like that. I movie. like it. The last maybe half hour is not the best, but I liked a lot of the Hulk. <laughs> we have a lot of, of success Hulk. with them yeah. incorporating that kind of thing. It can be really fun. Yeah, and. Anyways. But yeah, this Ted Danson is such a funny, popular figure for me. Because this guy, to me, always looks like such a Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> he's I, got, he looks like, how did Ted McGinley have the kind of exactly. career that he had? Because Ted Danson is just like mutant Ted McGinley. Yeah. Ted Gibley's this super, <laughs> it's like the ultimate hunk, you know. And he had like a cool career. But somehow Ted McGinley was the character actor. <laughs> Yeah, how's that guy not the leading man? I think Ted Danson's also one of those guys that has that reputation of just being the nicest guy in the world. So that helps a lot. (laughs) It's like somehow he survived like a blackface (laughs) incident in the early nineties. Yeah, maybe Ted Danson's the most beloved guy. You have him and Leslie Nielsen in the same scene, especially after the off character. Especially after the Good Place, Danson's stock has like never been higher. 
Yeah. Well, he came. Yeah, he came back, and uh, I love him in Bored to Death. Oh yeah, one of my all time favorites. Yeah, his oh, and uh, yeah. In our Becker podcast, uh. if you guys haven't checked that out, <laughs> episode by episode. Real time, it's, it's a watch along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, are, we just do commentary for him. But so you have these two <laughs> just super, us going. Just, oh, Becker, Becker. <laughs> you have these two super popular, well beloved guys, and this is this this is a tale of struggle and desperation and evil. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh god, this is hitting me. The movie starts with a different segment with about a guy who I've never seen a person want cake. More than the guy in this story. Yeah, man. I liked Father's Day a lot too. Yeah, it's a great opening <laughs> segment. You get uh, Ed Harris at the peak of like disco chic. A young Ed Harris, looking yeah. great. Has um, hair, some hair, a little bit of hair. Uh huh. He's got dance moves. We know that much. I will love a horror movie with a dance sequence. Give me the prom night disco dance off, just right smack dab in the middle of the movie. I love it. Uh, Once Bitten, the Jim Carrey (laughs) horror comedy has this amazing dance scene with Lauren Hutton and uh, Jim Carrey's girlfriend and him. Nice. Oh, I love a dance scene in the middle (laughs) of a horror movie. And this one, oh, Ed Harris and his sister, his wife. I don't know how any of these people are related. So I think that he's the fiance of the girl. Okay. Yeah. She's the sister of the snooty brother who's oh, like, oh, we got, we, they and got, they have the mother who's the old bitter woman who's like, dinner's promptly at I don't three. know any of these people other than Ed Harris. And maybe there's the, and then the aunt is like the crazy aunt who comes in. Yeah. Aunt Bedelia. And they're all there to, Aunt Bedelia. They're all there to celebrate Father's Day for the dead. Yeah, we talk about the different tones of this thing, and it's Dead just like this. This story is so much tonally different than that woman who played Aunt Bedelia. It's so weird because she basically plays Robert Shaw. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> this woman has this long Robert Shaw conversation with her her old father's grave. Just I. We didn't get along much, and it's like, what are we doing, creep show? What is happening? And we get these cutbacks. I couldn't handle these. These were like making me laugh and just driving me insane. Of this old man, I basically I hate old people. Oh, this hate, old man. I hate yelling old people. I hate. It's it, something about like old people getting old and then just being impatient and yeah, just bitter about it's everything. That, like, it's like what. Why? It was because I I know it's when I was like five. My dad was watching Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> yeah, that, classic. Owen, like oh, this just like ooh, and it's like I think that yeah. Anne Ramsey made me hate old people. Well, well this has yeah. <laughs> old people that just need a lot of stuff. This has the flashback of the old man pounding his cane on his chair, yelling, "I want my cake!" Oh, I it's Father's Day, right? He wanted his Father's Day cake. I've never. never s- Never heard of Father's Day cake being no, a thing. I've never given never heard my of father serving a your cake. dad a cake on Father's no. Day. So just for the record, no, that I think this guy that was, was an established shit. family tradition <laughs> that nobody else established. Yeah, he decided one year that like, I get a cake. I'm not sure if cake means cake, by the way, in this family. This is a family uh, that's got some dark secrets. Weirdos. Yeah, Aunt Pedelia's got some secrets. I don't know what they are. But, but the uh, if 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 part of the story weirdly dips. <laughs> <laughs> to start out, there's always good safety nets in Creep Show. 
it's got a high floor because I think some of the best score work of John Harrison's score mm. was during Father's Day. So even though some of the scenes were like, I don't really want to hang out with this family that much. These people are these people are awful. Yeah. Then it's like you get this great score when uh like when Ed Harris is being choked. Ed Harris disco dances and then just gets choked to death. Yeah. But the score was really that great sci-fi and oh, I love so I love all that stuff. So yeah, the old man like comes out of the grave to get his cake and it's one of those like comic books written for children where the writer's like, look, don't just spend too much time on these stories. Some of <laughs> yeah. them are just going to end with a corpse uh, popping up. Well, it's like they don't really have to make sense. Yeah. It, we don't have to explain why he's come back to life as this skeleton zombie. <laughs> yeah. Like just, it, that's yeah, we don't happens. waste time on, on yeah. a, in this kind of stuff. Yeah, we don't have to explore. This, this old man who wanted cake is going to burst out wanting that cake. What a great effect, that that oh, skeleton yeah. zombie. That, well, you got what? It's all Tom Savini. Yeah, it's effects, a, that's right? one of Savini's. That's one of my favorite Savini's. Is the way he gets that thing to come out with all the dirt on it. Yeah, and it's got this great, like almost underwater gravelly voice. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want, want my cake. cake. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just it really had that same uh, that same mud crusted zombie like mm-hmm. at the end of Zombie, mm. with like the oh, yeah. worm in his eye hole, and you know it had that same just mud and clumps falling off him and again he comes out and it's like boom the screen turns bright <laughs> uh-huh. red you know the the exclamation points almost come up on the oh, sides yeah. and it's almost like this perfect like batman 66 <laughs> kind of almost campy yeah. those effects were used really cool. well that's why i'm talking about the the safety nets in these things yeah. it's just like i'm not really following this story it's like all oh, this is cool this looks great. This is great yeah ed harris gets a, i think he's out at the graveyard and like gets pushed into the grave too and yeah, oh, there's yeah. all that great stuff. Yeah. So, but it's, and then uh, the one that really, <laughs> this one is so strong for a, I don't even know if it's a 10 minute sequence, but the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. Yeah. That one shook me when I was a kid. Yeah. That one is the one that really uh, hit hard this last time. That really sneaks up. Yeah. Because the first five minutes, are straight up bumpkin comedy. Yeah, it's it's hee haw. It is, and when you sense it turning, and you realize how deep it's sunk, oh god, it gets so dark and mm-hmm. so grim and so just sad, really fast. And that one, again, when I was a kid, this one really played out great in the comic. Oh, I bet. In the actual comic, and that the final shot in the comic is another one, just like the ape in the crate, where I can just look at it for minutes. Mm-hmm. And this story, I don't know who specific. If this was this was also all Stephen King, right? It's all, apparently, yeah, 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 yeah. All Stephen King originals. <sighs> and this was starring Stephen King. Yes, and as the pumpkin, Jordy Verrill. Yeah, this is probably, without a doubt, his best role. His best appearance in a King thing. His best acting yeah. in, in a movie. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the one you know, most usually people would it's know stuff him like, for. Yeah. He's a truck driver in Creepshow 2. Or, right, right. <laughs> you know, he has the comedic scene in It 2. Right, he's mostly a cameo The main guy. shopkeeper. Yeah. This one, it starts out with this intentionally bad acting. It's so over the top. Like you said, hee-haw. This man out in a lonesome farmhouse, Meteor crashes into his his yard mm-hmm. and it's just the a story of the dumbest man you get these great visions of him 
cashing in on his meteor fame. Yeah, his, his imagining <laughs> the uh, yeah, getting the two hundred. His big his big reward is two hundred dollars or yeah. something. Yeah, and he like bargains get. it up to two. Well, I'll give you fifty dollars. <laughs> he takes it to the local university with like their meteor department. Yeah, all in his mind. Yeah, all in his imagination. And yeah, and he Stephen King's making these the dumbest yoke you know the who it's like stri- yeah with a thought bubble vision coming above him <laughs> and so we're all chuckling through this thing like oh boy he's really like hamming it up here it's th- this goofy sappy like he is goofy he is playing oh, yeah. goofy from disney as a man oh yeah he's, <laughs> in oh, bib overalls yeah he's he's like yeah and what then he he picks up the meteor burns his hands He's picking hands. up a space meteor uh, and then dumps the water on it. Tries to pour some water on it. It cracks to open. cool it down. Yeah. And then he's like distraught because he thinks he's lost his, his golden egg. I love that he he has enough of a meteor fantasy to realize like nobody's going to want a broken meteor. <laughs> he knows enough about yeah. meteors to know that they Only really... the full intact, intact meteors yeah. make the 200 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> he's immediately just like... Wearing a barrel and naked, just like, well, there's all my meteor fame. Exactly. Yeah, it, it went from near mint to bad real quick. Things got bad, and things got worse pretty quick in yeah, this movie. It turns out there's uh, something uh, something was living on that meteor. So, I don't. Stephen King has done such a good job, and we'll get into that in Creep Show too when we jump through that a bit later, uh, of making a pretty dumb thing just filled with doom right in this movie he does that with grass exactly he makes grass so scary uh this is this immediately after viewing it this time became one of my favorite stephen king stories it's so small and so filled with just the portents of doom Mm. (laughs) you know uh it's very like lovecraft inspired yeah Uh, totally and, and it's it's this, uh, but it's also kind of like it reminds me a lot of the thing where it's this creeping alien entity like, that is invading your cellular structure. Yeah, it's the fly, but mm. with a much more sympathetic but swamp man. Thing. Yeah, it's like all of that. All <laughs> Jordy Verrill is such, it, he he's such an an oaf for the first five minutes of this thing. In the last five minutes, is just me feeling increasingly worse and worse for him. It's just watching a guy drown mm. for five minutes. Yeah, pretty much. And it was really bothering me. <laughs> it felt so, that feeling of that level of hopelessness. There's nothing I can do to reverse this thing that I didn't realize I was doing. Well, and it's almost like he never even thinks to like go to a hospital or something. Like he's He notices grass start growing on his hands and yeah. clothes. And he just tries to ignore it and drink and hope it'll go away and it's just such a defeatist like story like he just never yeah. well that's why he it's never just... even tries to like pick it off or anything like he kind of bites no, at he his starts, finger a little he, bit he goes in and like starts trimming it that's it just all happens off uh camera and uh yeah i guess that, yeah. he keeps finding ways to try and deal with it and it just keeps getting worse and i love that the movie jumps you know, keeps jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. So we aren't seeing this slow thing. We just keep seeing getting horrifying levels of bad. The fly had a different level of scary when you just see him slowly deteriorating into a fly. Uh, right. And this one is just, you keep getting shocked with how bad it's getting. 
Exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, it's like cuts the two hours later, and he's got this full beard of grass. Or yeah, yeah, and uh, and he's like still panicking like Goofy, and it's kind of sadder for me because you're seeing how impossible to reverse this is, and he's still not totally fit. Like he's got a little bit more optimism than he should have. Like you said, he doesn't even think about the hospital. He's too busy going. Oh shoot. Yeah, like, it's, al- it's almost like more he's, of it. It's like he's embarrassed by it more uh-huh. than anything. Yeah, Even like though he, there's nobody there. He's to ashamed be that he like that dumb old Jordy Verrill ruined this meteor, and now this is happening. Yeah, it's like he's handling now it. Think, now you say it. Yeah, it's like he's got this self-loathing. <laughs> yeah. to him. That's that what almost is like he feels like he deserves this suffering or something. That's why you you look at the title, "The Lonesome Death yeah. of Jordy Verrill." This is a sad. <laughs> sad story and it was sad before the meteor crash <laughs> yeah when right. you think about it his life was not great before, yeah yeah and this is a guy so ashamed of himself that yeah he's just embarrassed and as he just keeps growing and as grass keeps growing on everything mm-hmm. the shots of the of something really off-putting about just stuff covered in grass and to uh, me this scene uh, this segment also for me had a lot of like the real 50s feel Totally. Like the, the outdoor shots and the score, the way that you were seeing this kind of landscape. Yeah. And his character being this kind of old-timey bumpkin farmer. This one very much felt like directly, like this could have been the blob or something. Totally. And, but just the feeling of doom and yeah. hopelessness, a thing that you didn't know. You didn't mean to do this. It just happened to you. Bad luck. Oh, you didn't think the gender reveal party pyrotechnic was gonna yeah. blow up the state? Yeah, you had but good intentions. Did. You didn't Dumbass. intend that, but look yeah. what happened. Maybe you should have called the meteor university before <laughs> dumping water on this meteor, Jordy. Yeah. And he knew it. Exactly. He was too embarrassed to admit it. And uh, you know those kind of people that are too embarrassed to admit they're wrong. So let a couple hundred thousand people die. Those kind of people. And the doom that this story, like, even watching with the group, five minutes is filled with people laughing. And then did you notice when it just got quiet? Oh, yeah. When it just, when people just weren't making noises at all, just watching the rest of this guy's life play out in silence. And when it ends with him just literally becoming a grass monster within, what do we think, a day and a half? Two days. I, I got I think. the sense it was like six hours. Or like quick. That it's night. happening quick, yeah. right? Yeah, I got the sense that this was. Uh... Oh yeah, it did happen. I think it did happen just overnight. Yeah, he finds it at night, and by the next morning, he's loading a shotgun. But that was so bleak and so sad. I get... and and they just hold on this grass monster putting a shotgun to its face and blowing its own head off. Like, well, the camera just lets you watch it. The scene in the fly where. Totally. Jeff Goldblum pulls the rifle to his head as a fly. Whew. Oh, yeah. For some reason, it really hits me when a fake monster animal recognizes his freakiness and needs to die. I get sad at King Kong. Hmm. I got sad at American uh, Werewolf in London. I get sad at the end of the crate later in this yeah. movie. <laughs> like, I really get sad when monsters yeah. realize they got to bite it. Yeah, right. And... Well, George, especially the idea of the the guy that's lost his humanity to this that's very monster. scary to so me. It's like Kafka, you know, metamorphosis, and mm-hmm. and if you're not a man, what are you? Yeah, you know, yeah. That moment this, they realize, like, I don't want to be what they are, not a man. 
And that, so it really hits me hard in the fly. That's yeah. really tough for me. And this had the same thing when Jordy Verrill the whole time is just complaining about his bad luck. How everything goes bad for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's loading his shotgun, which as you see, we're just watching in real time. Grass monster. He says, Lord, just let my luck be good this time before shooting his head off. That is so bleak. Don't let me miss. Let this be or the one yeah. time I have good luck when I blow my head off. Put yeah. me out of it. Like, God. oh my God. My mouth was open <laughs> watching this thing. I'm just staring at the screen, just like, Jesus, Charlie. I feel that's, I was going to say, I feel like you turned to me after that segment. <laughs> while we were watching it outdoors and you kind of looked and I just kind of gave you the exaggerated like this is fun thumbs <laughs> yeah, up you were like eh creep hey, show and I'm just turning around just like gray just like shaking my head oh I know well I think history uh, remembers that segment just for the hyucks exactly and it does not remember the final minute of him yeah of, of, <laughs> of, of that how it goes bad oh that is so sad. It honestly kind of just, uh, it kind of threw my mood off. <laughs> I think that coming, that comes right before the tides, right? Yes. Yeah. Tied you over. Ooh, tied you this. over right after that. That is just it's like, one, two. boy, we're seeing some depths of, of sad here. The end of Jordy Verrill's story is really scary to me when the grass is just growing its way into town. Oh, yeah. You know, that one shot of an old country road that's now covered with grass instead of dirt. And you can just see it getting into a city. That's Romero. Oh, yeah. That's Romero right there. For sure. I would not. I don't remember if that was a shot. I'm sure it was because I remember vividly the shot in the comic of him blowing his head off Uh with half a monster head in this panel. And I'm pretty sure the same kind of Romero ending is in there. But that's like his iconic ending totally of this like apocalypse that's like the end of the crazies you know don like this is happening and this is spreading Mm -hmm. we only saw part of this story we're not even seeing the worst parts you know totally that kind of thing that we only scratched the surface of the depths that this story oh that kind of stuff gets me Ugh. (laughs) and so we get uh we get to the crate which this was the one for me that did go on a little too long but at the same time, I know I love the payout so much, and I love the two principal actors so much that I kind of just like staring at this one. Yeah, this one I feel like is really uh, rides on the power of Adrian Barbeau. And Hal Holbrook. And Hal Holbrook, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and it's got the guy from Reanimator in it. and uh, Oh, sure. Some other, maybe even some other people. But yeah, this one also feels very much like a cool kind of John Carpenter-esque story of the creature well. in a crate. Under the stairs from an Arctic expedition, and but uh, it's it's the the core of it is the unhappy marriage between Hal Holbrook and Adrian well, Barbeau. And well, my joke was that you know we didn't pick a John Carpenter movie, but we ended up watching somebody else's John Carpenter Exa- movie. <laughs> right. This this whole episode feels John Carpenter. Doesn't hurt that Adrian Barbeau <laughs> and, and even Hal Holbrook. Oh yeah, I was uh, gonna say. pretty iconic from The Fog. Absolutely. And, you know, the John Harrison score is adjacent to John Carpenter kind of scores. Mm -hmm. More strings, but fits the same kind of mood. So, yeah, big Carpenter vibes and just a thing in a crate. 
feels like a John Carpenter story. Totally. Much more than a George Romero story. So yeah, we didn't pick a Carpenter movie, but it felt like we went out on a Carpenter movie. And we just got this unpleasant relationship with Hal Holbrook and Adrian Barbeau as Billy. The most unpleasant Adrian Barbeau performance ever. Maybe my favorite. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe my favorite. She is so over the top, like drunk. Oh, God. Mean, abusive. And then Hal Holbrook's just kind of like the... The professor who just takes it, mild mannered professor, while having the uh, dr- the you know the daydream of blowing her head off at the party and everyone just clapping. <laughs> yeah, everyone just clapping after he kills her. Like that's oh, such a yeah. classic. That that's very like EC Comics as well. Like the husband who wants to kill the wife is oh, a big sure. big thing that comes up in these EC comics. Yeah, who was drawing these comics? Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 They're really instilling some stuff in uh, in these kids, and yeah. it's all written by like unhappy dudes, <laughs> just dudes that hate women, right? In these EC comics, but oh yeah, it is just this re- like not even quite a revenge fantasy. It's just a fighting back mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah, Hal Holbrook's just been trampled on. He's such a good actor, and he brings such a weenie helplessness where you want him to fight back you want him to just put billy in his place one of those loud shrews that really embarrasses you in a in a party she's the uh she's the tam is it tammy is oh it, uh, in <laughs> it's wrong tammy yeah yeah the, the one episode where all the cops are like she's a real piece of work <laughs> that's adrian barbeau in this she's a real piece of work yeah but adrian barbeau's also pulls off that like woman who thinks she She's the life of the party, and everybody loves her. And you know, yeah. just call me Billy. You know, just <laughs> she thinks she has this folksy charm when really she's just like an obnoxious drunk. Not reading the room. Yeah. Well, everyone else is a stuffy like college professor who's yeah. like, "So, what time are you going to the chess?" Yeah, they're all like history and archaeology yeah. uh, museum curator types. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, she's so loud and just so like, I hate that I'm rooting for her death. And I hate that I'm like rooting for Hal Holbrook to be like, maybe let her die. Maybe this is what's going to, this is happening. Well, it all kind of, yeah. So what what ends up happening, it's pretty straightforward plot. They find a crate under yeah. some stairs <laughs> and uh, a janitor, I think, finds it, right? Tells them. Oh, yeah. I love the scene where they're opening the crate. Something about like getting a crowbar <laughs> and like pulling up nails on an old wooden crate and like, What's this? Yeah, you blow off some dust, and it's like eighteen thirty-four. It's just—it was like like it's a, a pretty Indiana like, Jones kind of like cool. It really doesn't get the same amount of credit as people reading from an ancient tome, <laughs> right. as like a I don't want to be the one doing this. Like we shouldn't be opening up this crate sent that's chained up. You know, it's the whole black oh, yeah. past mirror. Like, boy, somebody hastily put on a lot of <laughs> chains on this thing. Yeah. Like, not like, we're keeping this sturdy. It's like, we're keeping something in. (laughs) (laughs) Needed Donald Pleasance. Can you imagine Donald Pleasance is the janitor of this? That would have been great. It's not keeping us out. It's... (laughs) 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 But, so it has... Death has come to your college, professor. (laughs) Yeah. Just standing at the end of a hallway ominously with a mop. (laughs) Death is here. Was was that Donald Pleasance? (laughs) (laughs) They should have shelled out. This guy was doing like, you know. Oh, he'd have been there for th- it. This guy would have been there. I've for seen sure. some low end Donald Pleasance oh, yeah. movies. 
I know he has a price, but this plays out like that same kind of when Carpenter gets a little, a little more wry, you know, it's not a Carpenter, but it kept feeling like so much of a Carpenter movie. And I like the dumb story of like, yeah, this crate just showed up. Don't know where it came from. Found it under the stairs. (laughs) The idea of just finding something somewhere that's just been there. That's like the thing. Yeah. This thing's been there for millions of years. Yeah, I love the yeah, I love the mysteriousness of the creature in the crate. We finally get it open. I think it maybe It was a long time to open that thing. It it well, it it's been sealed for about 150 mm-hmm. years at that point. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little dust. <laughs> yeah. It takes a little effort to get in there, but I think it attacks the one guy. I'm trying to remember yeah, like now. Yeah, grabs exactly. him by the arm. Yeah, and then he tells Hal Holbrook about it and then Hal Holbrook kind of lets it out <laughs> to get Adrian Barbeau. But yeah, you never again, it's kind of like uh Kind of like the Father's Day thing, where we we don't need to know why. There's no curse or anything that <laughs> yeah. makes the guy come back from the grave. It's we just don't need... a sharp-toothed ape. It's just yeah. It's like some ancient baboon that apparently can live 150 years in a crate with no sustenance, and uh, it comes out and oh man, the... yeah. I love this. Whenever all all these wife killing revenge fantasies always have a super complicated premise, as in. Well, I don't want to just actually murder her, but if I can lure her under the stairs where this ape is contained in a crate <laughs> and get her to kind of go near the crate, like, are you sure you just can't muster up shooting her? <laughs> I, okay, no, I guess the ape gives you a better story to tell the cops, but... It's plausible, yeah. But it's still like, ooh, a lot of risk. Like, no, 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 I'm going to stand two feet over here. You go that way a little bit. Like, that's exactly. a lot of trust to be putting in this Siberian ape. Well, it's also one of those where you're you're going, why is Adrian Barbeau, like, it, she has to play such a, uh, <laughs> a high-wire act of being like, what do you want me to do? I know. You want me to go into this hallway? What's wrong with A little farther? And then, Under yeah, the and steps? It's like, you, you're such an idiot. All <laughs> right, I'll keep going. <laughs> she's like, so awful. Why would you do this? Yeah, she's so unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, he keeps just doing the, like, little more. Yeah, exactly. Little more. What's wrong with you? All right, I'll keep going. Yeah, and you say the 50s thing. I, all these little things like the janitor finds it by like losing a quarter oh, under geez. there. Yeah, my quarter rolled under there. It's such everybody's so 1958 totally. in here, which is an era it. that King likes to write from. That's true, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, it, it goes on long, but it's so funny because you know – Right where it's going to end up. You know, this is the story you know the ending to as well. Yeah. It just takes a while to like, oh, man, is she going to open the crate? And then you get that shot of the beast. That's why I said that comic panel. Oh, I bet. My sicko little 11-year-old brain just paused on it. This thing's got like millions of teeth. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, exactly. Another great Savini creature. Just Mm -hmm. Top-notch stuff. Now, and and is... the splash of Adrian Barbeau just screaming. Uh-huh. Screaming. Pause screen. Comic filter goes <sighs> on behind her. I love it. And we're not even done. This movie is so, like, you know, like we said, well-paced. It, the fact that it includes five stories mm-hmm. is one of the things it really holds over Creepshow 2, which does basically three and a half stories. Right. And just and is a half hour shorter, but somehow feels longer yeah. <laughs> than Creepshow, because, you know, when you said your favorite was the Tide story, mine, as well. Mm-hmm. It's not like there weren't other contenders in Creepshow. The Jordy Verrill story 
could be my number one. Well, I was going between that and the crate because I just love the, the crate is also the a contender so much, and the finale is a contender. Oh yeah, I like a it. legitimate one. It's called "They're Creeping Up on You." A good bug story. Uh yeah. And again, bugs. no explanation. It's one of this guy E. G. Marshall, who I know from you know Twelve Angry Men. Oh yeah, all these yeah. you know Oscar nominated uh, actor, uh, multi time, and it's I love when. Uh, legit Oscar caliber, caliber actors do like, I guess I'll do this 15 minute horror story. This one's great. He's pretty much the only guy in it, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, you love, you, you, you like, yeah, we to got see the Jordy Vera one, and then we get a full E.G. Marshall one. We get a couple people's voice, mm-hmm. but he's a germaphobe who, a Howard Hughes type who locks himself into his high rise apartment. Right. He's this billionaire, and it's this off putting, super sterile white place. It feels like the worst kind of place to live. Even if you're a germaphobe, just. I guess you like it white because then you could see even in the eighties where maybe that was a style, you know. No, this it's, didn't. This didn't look like from any era. It, it looks like a mental institution. Yeah, is what it looks this like. could have been from twenty fifty. Yeah, I don't know. It, and then he's got just kind of like this crazy, stringy hair, and he's he's clearly a he's got like modern romantic. Danny DeVito, but he's hair. also like a tycoon. Yeah, he's super wealthy, so he's like firing people over the phone and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why he's got. That's why it felt the Howard Hughes vibe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, his most yeah, scary, yeah, yeah. modern Howard Hughes germaphobe style, and all the story is is this guy slowly getting inundated with cockroaches. Fin- finds a bug, shivering, Ugh. kills a bug. Finds two bugs, kills those two bugs. Keeps keeps finding exponentially more bugs. More and more. Yeah. There's no twist to it. There's just a, a just room keeps... slowly getting filled with bugs. Yeah. It's great. He keeps finding more cockroaches. They start coming out of the ceiling, and they're in the lights. Everything. And it is uh, one of those where if you're not into bugs, man, this is a hard one to watch. This is a squirmy They give you the bugs. Scene. Yeah. It, there's so many bugs in this one. So many bugs crawling on people. Oh, I don't like that. So we just did Prince of Darkness. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, the ending of this segment has very much that Prince of Darkness uh, basically, all the bugs, you know, end up coming out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's very disgusting. Oh yeah, that's when you get same, same kind of like Halloween three too, right? Like oh god, something about bugs coming out of people. Halloween just three adds in up. snakes. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Not three enough. pushes the limit. Yeah. So again, that that's another thing feels very Carpenter. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, this is the we didn't pick one. We got a good one. And yeah, it's Savini. It's Savini always likes going out on his movies with like a good bloody gore effect. You know, he really punches it out Mm -hmm. right at the end. And so then, uh, yeah, you get the bugs ripping out of E.G. Marshall's body. I love Academy Award nominated actors having to get suited for bug ripping latex. Exactly. I love. Because he probably had to do like a full mask thing, (laughs) right? They're making a plaster of his head or something for all the bugs to come out of. Now, these are where the cockroaches are going to come out of your ears. (laughs) Yeah, can you? I just love the idea of like, Bugged out eyes like Tom Savini explaining all these kind of effects to of what's going to happen. Like, okay, so then for your throat, you know, he's got like mustache right in right. his face, just getting in there to E.G. <laughs> e. Marshall. As he's like doing the face plaster so E.G. Marshall can't leave. Like he's, tra- <laughs> he's a trapped. <laughs> yeah. He was audience. like, a, this is like a guy. That'd he, be great. He was on a, he had like one of these, a long running show called The Defenders. Hmm. You know, this would be like, uh, you know, Perry Mason. Doing this kind of story. That's how I view it. That era actor. Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. Going in and doing a <laughs> throat bug scene. You know? It's it's just wild to me. I just love that one of my favorite horror movies 
of all times got E.G. Marshall, Hal Holbrook, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Like, it's really picking up all these great 58 to 64 era Stephen actors. Stephen yeah. <laughs> it's such a, yeah, it's Funny. it's a real love letter in a way to all of those TV actors and, and from that era. And so that's why Creepshow has, you know, made in 82, features scenes from the 50s, scenes from the future. It has this totally different tone and otherworldliness yeah, throughout it. They're really able to give each story its own vibe. And, every you know, each one of them really stands out on its own. Yeah. Um, and then we do get our wraparound. Yeah, we, get we, our, we end with our Atkins. We do get the payoff on the epilogue, <laughs> yeah, where uh, the kids got the coupon. Or he, I'm trying to remember how it goes. He gets the comic book back, he's, and we see there's a cutout of maybe a coupon for like a voodoo doll or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he, uh, clearly the, the creep kids show, got the voodoo doll. The creep show uh, universe is very into the idea that everything you order from the back of a comic book is the best case scenario. For why right. you ordered it. It's always legit. It is always the best. You it, will have x-ray vision. Exactly. Yeah. You get these x-ray specs. You will be able to only see through clothing, though. Mm-hmm. Not the x-ray specs that make you see bones. They're the perfectly calibrated x-ray exactly. specs to just see boobs. And so Also, it, sea monkeys are actual monkeys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you will get a bang for your buck if you send in this coupon in a self-addressed stamped envelope. And I love that that's their big, like, that seems to be the recurring big dream for all 12-year-old kids who like creep show. Like, what if I actually had access to this thing? And that's how... It's yeah, relatable, kid though. Order, like, yeah, there's ads for, you know, the muscle man bodybuilding sure. uh, videos and that kind of thing. Well, it makes me think of a Christmas story where the kid wants the rifle, you know? And it's like, that is, when you're a kid and you want a thing like that, Yeah, when you want that video game... Or when you want that action figure, yeah, that's your whole that's your whole world, man. You're just dialed in on getting that thing. Oh yeah. Or if you want to get revenge on your dick dad, yeah. If you want to torture your father, yeah. We Turn also it get up loud, black and white style. In keeping in the creep show spirit, we also get what Tom Savini as a garbage man. Oh sure. Who finds the comic? Does the you know the whole like oh you somebody already ordered the voodoo doll. <laughs> you know, right? Way overacting on Tom Savini's part in that last scene, where he's, yeah. he's like, la, 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 "Found a comic book, woo woo!" <laughs> Just a real crazy Dick Miller, like yeah, exactly. Dick Miller was up to eleven, kind of. Oh kinda role. man, that that uh, just gave me a flash to the Burbs, where <laughs> Dick Miller and the uh, and the other guy played garbage men. Totally. Oh man, that's probably what connected it in uh, in that, my brain. That's very cool. Can't believe we haven't done the Burbs. <sighs> Anyway, so good. But Tom Atkins, man, I loved his voodoo doll acting. The way he's just sitting there at the table, just like ah, yeah, just holding his, rubbing ah. his neck out, like ah, must have slept bad. Yeah, got a and, crick in my neck, kind of. And then thing. his kids upstairs just tort. Yeah, I'm fucking stabbing my father <laughs> to death because I read one heavy metal magazine, and now I'm just murdering my dad slowly. Exactly. Jeez. Creep show no wonder, like it all those metal bands came from Florida in the '80s. <laughs> you know, you know, there was some messed up stuff happening in Florida, all because of one independent comic book publisher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all these metalheads are coming from Florida, practicing satanic rituals while listening to Maiden. Absolutely, and this kid who's like the Creep Show kids are always these like 
chubby-cheeked kids with bowl cuts than just doing evil. Yeah. It's a different... It's not like a creepy Damien kid. It's always just like the like a normal 12-year-old who's just turning to murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about... You It'll know, happen. It'll in, happen. Uh, in, uh, in times gone by, I'm watching Creep Show and I'm laughing. And it's just like, this is ridiculous. Now I'm just like, yeah, man. Fucking kids. Murdering, murdering metalhead <laughs> kids. They it's horrifying. Terrifying. Sinking me. Awful. So this Creep Show, we years, years later... Uh, watched Creepshow 2. Creepshow 1 is a all-time classic. Hall of Fame. Your top five, you know, when I really think of horror movies that get to me, like, I'm sure I can find five more. But if you put it in there, it's like, yeah, I can see that there. If nothing else, I'll say it's a desert island top. It's one that I could uh, watch you can get over and over Endless and over value and in over. entertainment, Absolutely. sure. And that, you know, I am somebody who has a pretty good ranking balance of movies i think are the best mm-hmm. the movies i have the most fun watching you know sure there's some dramas that i'm sure i can put above creep show but i'm i've seen creep show six times there's some great movies i've seen one time right exactly <laughs> and will likely never see again creep show is so rewatchable and just so high quality fun and scary and creepy yeah and thrilling i think it doesn't, it doesn't get played enough as a genuinely scary movie. It is scary. It is scary. It is very fun, but what was the tagline again? The it's m- the most fun you'll have being scared or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually pretty good. That's legit. That's yeah. on the nose. That's accurate because I had a good time, and I was also deeply bothered <laughs> through half <laughs> of this movie. So Creepshow 2 we watched a few years ago as a group. Yeah. Uh, on one of our horror movie days, and it it bombed. People weren't into it. Yeah, I feel like Creepshow Two's got a pretty good rep. Uh, see, p- people seem to like it. Um, it was maybe not as much as the first one. It made as much money because the first Creepshow was like you know eight or ten million dollars and made over twenty million. Mm-hmm. And this one was like three million dollar budget makes fifteen. Right, right, right. So super profitable, not as widely seen, but. It's really loved in certain circles. I think so, but for me, the the problem boils down to the fun aspect. I yeah. Don't, I don't have. I did not the first time, and we kind of did a quick rewatch. Yeah, we skimmed and, uh, recently. It's just not fun. It is really serious. It's in t- a lot of it's stuff. It's too serious. It's too just dour and, it, and just kind of uh, the stories you feel all bad for end all the characters. Sad. Yeah, and nobody's a winner, and they a lot time very weirdly to certain stories. There's a few strengths uh, in going back and watching it. I will say the stock went up for me. I yeah. like it more now. It's not terrible. On that day. It's worth a watch. It was definitely a victim of us going in. We're all pretty good about not expecting too much, but it's hard to erase that. And creep shows such a classic. I think what shook us all was the different tone. Mm-hmm. from creep show even if we weren't expecting it to be as good i think we were at least hoping for the same kind of spirit and it's not it's grim it's dour it's a bummer it's mean-spirited it is very it, hateful but, in and i know i say that and i was just talking about how holbrook wanting to kill adrian barbeau <laughs> yeah. and stuff but there's a again somehow, there was such a romero, comic book I, unreality i think, I think you got to give romero a lot of credit in that first one for towing the line between uh 
sad endings like the Jordy Verrill story. Yeah. Mean characters like Adrian Barbeau in that story. But and and E. G. Marshall in the last one. He's a real dick. Well yeah. But also you're having fun while you're following these people. It presents you kind of comic book villains yeah. in a comic book that are over the top. And that's an impressive part about Creepshow 1 is that the actors know how to play it comic book. Mm-hmm. And they know how to get serious. And so you have a lot of them almost goofing off and having a ridiculous time. E.G. Marshall's a cartoon Scrooge McDuck yeah. kind of villain. You're yeah. fired! You know, right. like, And even at the end of the Leslie Nielsen bit where he's been attacked by the swamp, the swamp zombies <laughs> yeah. of Ted Danson and his and the lover and they're gonna do to him and he's got this great like going insane I can hold my breath and yeah. it's just such a like <laughs> exhilarating it's like bit. you think when you're writing a comic book it has to have your end panel mm-hmm. you know it's like when you're writing a sketch on SNL and you can tell they don't know the ending <laughs> you know like it's tough to sometimes end it and so sometimes you just have to end it with just a like well that's it kind of thing and so a lot of these end with that like all right we need a panel that we can kind of freeze it on yeah yeah and creep show 2 just starts with kind of sad stories that just end sadder mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think all of us were just like this was not quite what I was expecting. The strengths do include an excellent score. Uh, yes. The Rick Rick Wakeman, Wakeman score, that's his name. Yeah. who, uh, you know, the huge prog rock legend from Yes, who also did the excellent score for The Burning. The mm. Burning is a top 10 contender horror score. Creepshow 2 score, very good. And it's very different from the John Harrison score of the first one. So I, I give a movie ser- series credit when it gets a different but also cool composer for each subsequent uh, movie. And I love the Ralph Bakshi type animation. <laughs> the yeah. story was r- super weird. The, the not a wraparound story. Cause we kept jumping into it every between every segment. Yeah. I don't know what you would call it. The interstitials or interstitial. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's got that, <laughs> you know, looks like heavy metal. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of going real comic book, art and panels they kind of go for this cartoon uh yeah but with like a sword and sorcerer kind of ralph bakshi fire and ice kind of the creep or like the hobbit movie oh exactly yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and the creep kind of everyone has these very again animated obviously but the just the it it gave me a very almost like 80s cartoon like saturday morning cartoon it was like the evil well that's what you know heavy metal was like the the r-rated right so, and there's always something weird something feels more dirty about that to me what like fritz the cat oh well, just yeah. like this weird just kind of scummy like you know, it's something about making an r-rated animated movie that looks more like that mm-hmm. i just my mind equates it with filth yeah but this one the animation's pretty cheap so they don't give you enough detail i think for it to get too grimy it to me it does feel very like TV, just like it, it, what you would right. see on TV. And in this the feels the Creep Show series, the ten episode run from Shutter last year. I feel that was a big miss. They didn't get the real animation. I didn't think their panels looked good. It was like kind of cheesy computer graphic uh, art. Yeah, just and didn't it, have the right tone and and year and feel. And then they kind of the the show too kind of relies, I think, too heavily on the creep like. Mm-hmm. mannequin that they've got yeah and it kind of it's a little too long of it just kind of like looking at a book or something 
Like it's not the crypt keeper. It's not pointing at a panel. Whereas like, like eh? creep shows got the basically the one shot of the creep outside the window, and he kind of moves his head a little bit, and then it uh-huh. turns into a comic book art. Yeah, the series didn't quite for me hit that same. No, but it's hard because it's it's a different but time. It's hard to right recreate twenty that I get, thirty but. years later. Creep show two starts with what turns out to be kind of a slog of a of a beginning here with old chief woodenhead yeah just a weird thing to be like all right we need a hook for the start of this horror movie it's going to get these people back to see a sequel maybe like a 45 minute (laughs) slow moving small town tale filled with indian lore yeah kind of like slightly racist uh yeah well we get a we get a character in indian face they couldn't even get an indian guy to play there's Three Indian roles, Native American, yeah. <laughs> in, this, uh, in this story, and two of them are actually Native American. Yeah, the other is the guy from Mind Hunters, right? Who's Irish? <laughs> his, his name, his name's like Holt McElhaney. wearing one of the worst God share wigs I've sucked. ever seen. This was bad. It's got this is the worst use of George Kennedy in a genre movie, hmm. and as we've discovered, George Kennedy is genre legend. He can be. That I didn't realize. His roles in cheap 80s garbage are incredible. His, I mean, his soliloquy at the end of Wacko <laughs> is like, I see why this All time. I see why this man won an Oscar 20 years before. Yeah. Hey, we've had a lot of fun here. But you're talking about that's it's I appreciate the uh the parallel with Leslie Nielsen in a long segment in the first one, then you know, George Kennedy's another guy that I associate as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time I knew who he was, he was in comedies. I missed his 60s and 70s serious work. I, I think you know? it just dawned on me that he is Leslie Nielsen's partner yeah. in uh, uh-huh. the Naked Gun movies. <laughs> yeah. I think I just, you just made hit that. You? I literally just made that connection. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You've seen him in the, the killer alien cat movie, The Uninvited. Oh, man. But it slipped your mind. <laughs> He was Frank Drebin's partner, sure. But what are you gonna do? He's so valuable—a comedic presence and a physical presence—in a lot of great discoveries we've made over the last few years. And here he's such. Ugh, we learn a lot about this pissant little town. Yeah, we get a long discussion about how the town is dying. He's the owner of a general store. His wife wants him to move out and we really get a big but snapshot it's all like, in these it's people's like, lives it's like america is broken and we and this town is dead and yeah we, we have, need to leave here we can't stay here bummer. and continue wasting our lives george and then they get and he's just such a hang dog he's just like shoulders slumped like yeah and uh, he's doing this like pepperidge farms kind of accent yeah oh masha you <laughs> so it's all just like what are, Come on. Good intentions built this country. 2025. Yeah. Oh, man. We won't have more to leave the kids, but good (laughs) intentions, George. Who is. We're like 15 (laughs) minutes in a creep show, too. Just like, what? Yeah, that's the thing. They talk about this town a long time. Yeah, it talks long. They they start inside the store, go outside. And then a guy wearing. He looks like a worse Native American than Greg Henry in uh, Body Double. Wearing his Native American disguise. That is a reference. This is so distractingly bad, 
but Holt McElhaney or whatever his very Irish name is, is in this awful share wig, the John Redcorn mm-hmm. King of the Hill wig oh, yeah. with brown kind of highlighted face. And he even calls George Kennedy like wide eyes. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How did this at all feel cool? And so then that guy robs uh, George Kennedy for what feels like hours. They're there all night. They are there for so long. Just being the, it's a three-man gang whose sole purpose is to like, yeah, what if we pull these comic books out of your <laughs> racks, old man? Exactly. What if I eat one of these handy snacks, huh? And the guy, Ugh. the guy lives in town. Like he's a guy that that George Kennedy knows. Yeah, there's or, seventeen on the people in this town. So how? Why does he think he has money? Yeah. What gave him the idea that this guy <laughs> who hasn't made a sale in a month yeah. has any money to to rob? And so this guy just goes on about like it's it's a lot of talk about Indian culture and how George Kennedy's telling this man who's not a Native American that he's betraying <laughs> his beautiful people's culture. And suddenly you're 35 minutes into Creep Show 2 and you're like, come on. Yeah. How much? And it all is building up to just a dime store Indian, a cigar store Indian, uh, like doing Indian murders. Yeah. To the gang. Chief Woodenhead. Old, old Chief Woodenhead. I don't, I don't feel great say, even saying it, but yeah. The, the, the wooden Indian outside the general store comes to life to enact revenge on the uh So he shoots, shoots him full of arrows, scalps the non-Indian guy. And then, oh but but that part, we spend forty minutes on the destitute town setup and the robbery. And the robbery, yeah. And then we get about forty seconds of the Indian stalking and killing these guys. Like that's what we you should have m- spent forty minutes on. We get more time with the Indian putting on his war paint, <laughs> yeah, um, than carrying out these three murders. It's such a dumb idea. <laughs> that- <laughs> It's just not great. We've talked about these creature episodes, how like, well, they don't have to explain anything. Well, the thing I'd want them to explain to me is why they thought anybody that would be going to Creepshow, watching the first sequence from Creepshow, has any weird hangups about cigar store Indians. Mm-hmm. It's not like a clown where people are like, can't do clowns. It's not bugs. It's not bugs. It's not snakes. It's not a monster. In a I've crate. never heard one person go like, ooh, cigar. <laughs> <laughs> You see that cigar store India over there? Yeesh. Just the smell of tobacco freaks me out, man. Yeah. I just Not think for those, me. I just huh? think of those wooden Indians. Oh, you go into the smoke shop? Oh, wait in the car. <laughs> like, nope. So, And you spend so much time on, like I said, this is uh, an hour and a half movie compared to the two mm-hmm. hours of Creep Show. And but each segment's like 35 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Somehow each segment's There's, longer the, than each the segment whole movie. Are equal, yeah. <laughs> It is a two-hour movie in 90 minutes. And, oh, gosh, it's so silly when you see the Indian just, like, be touched by red paint. And so they're doing this very moralistic, like, we stole their land, and one day it'll go back to them. And then it's like, yeah, this Indian's putting on his war. Like, that's what fuels him, the, uh-huh. this bloodlust. And these godless savages are going to, it's like, what? What? Even like yeah, it has the scalp in his hand at the end. The wooden Indian. It's yeah, like, but who is watching this? Just being like, you don't care about this wooden Indian getting revenge for his. Pe- it's so weird. I feel like yeah, these are all. Uh, so these three stories, I think I, uh, it says in the credits at least, are based on Stephen King's stories. Mm-hmm. So uh, which is true because the next one. So this is one that really 
helped uh, my stock on this second viewing because this the raft story, yeah, the raft is one of the Stephen King stories, short stories that uh, I think is one of his scariest. Uh, I really am scared of the raft, and it's that you know, it's the blob. It it's, is, yeah. It's, it's an, four people who didn't know any better who come up against this thing that they have no way of knowing how to defeat. Yeah. Four four kids uh, out on a joyride, going to go swim in a lake, get stuck on this plank of wood out in the middle of the lake on a raft. I guess that's the raft. That's, yeah, that's yeah. You, you go and, out there, you bring beers, you hang out and sit in the sun. But in the lake, there's this oil slick that seems to be alive, and it eats you. What a dumb much thing like to blob. be so scary. But yeah. it was scary. I think I think this played effectively as horror, but it is it is gruesome. These are long deaths all throughout this. This is a hopeless journey mm-hmm. from the beginning. Cuz even when things are good for these people, this is a car full of assholes. <laughs> it's one of those classic horror moments that starts with just 3 to 4 minutes of just a-hole horseplay right. in a car on a road. Where you're drinking like, and smoking weed while you're driving down the highway. There's yeah. a lot of good uh, mouth reaches for joints. <laughs> I, a lot of good people craning their neck while like looking at the road to let me just yeah handless yeah, right. joint puffing. So you get some of that, but then you just get. Um, I don't know if just this was men in the '80s. I know men aren't don't have the best rep now. Why? What's up? But uh, <laughs> what's been going on, man? <laughs> Uh, but in all these 80s horror movies, it's always like well, the guy driving the car is also the guy who's like, I'm, my idea of a prank is to reach over and uh, pinch this girl's tit. <laughs> like, right. And then, uh, and then when boys. she's like, what the hell, Scott? And he's just like, hey, easy, easy. He's wearing like a crew, uh, like a half cut football shirt, you know? Oh, so he's yeah. got like, like a, you know, his belly button sticking out while he's just grabbing tit. Like, oh cool yeah, dude. we needed this. We needed this guy. Cool dude. So we get these kind of yeah, a lot of cool dudes, cool people. Yeah. But the the short story was really scary to me. This this was one of my the scariest for me. And I think probably the first time it was not gonna live up to the hype. Mm. It'd be like if there was a Stephen King movie about the long walk. Mm-hmm. I would I would be not as optimistic that it'll affect me as strong as the story did. Right, totally. And so I was probably just going in low expectations, but this time it really did. The just the bleakness of it was unsettling, and the deaths are so gruesome. These this oil slick that just uh, pulls you in, yeah, reaches out and grabs you. And, and it's not just a quick drowning. They make it very clear that it is a long and painful death. It's when, eating you. When the first girl or who, dissolving you or something. Yeah, the swim out to the raft is really scary because this weird blob that looks just kind of like a bunch of garbage bags under the water. I think that's basically, it was a tarp. Okay, there we go. I mean, that's what it looked like to me, like a tarp with like some, you know, seaweed put on it. It's really stupid the first time you see it. (laughs) And within 10 minutes, it's the scariest thing to me. Uh, The swim out there when this tarp actually looks like it's moving towards people, that's scary. And then when that girl stupidly puts her arm into it, what is this weird thing that seems to be following us and waiting for us? Her death is really just, if your mood wasn't killed by the hour-long cigar store Indian revenge story, this girl screaming while she's dying, please, 
It hurts. It hurts. It yeah. hurts. Repeating Please. it hurts. Yeah, just pitiful. It's just burning slowly through her body while also suffocating her, while also drowning her. And it keeps getting all these like, well, she's under. She's dead. Oh, <laughs> no, she's back. She's up. We have to watch more of her dying. Yeah, and then it's the yeah, then it's the three other teenagers just be like, "Oh god." Yeah. Oh no. And yeah, it's not fun though. They like, just get the the way Stephen King wrote this in the story. The the video uh, is pretty much note for note the same as the story. Mm. There was nothing different uh other than the ending. The ending of the book is even more dour, but kind of gives it a little more heft the I don't know. The guy getting pulled through the raft is disgusting. That is gross. That's the yeah. kind of thing that makes me want to put my hands over my eyes. A guy getting a leg break at an ugly angle. Ugh. Yeah, when yeah, exactly. He gets the one leg pulled through the raft and then you see the other one pop up. Pop straight up as he's so basically getting folded vertical. into the hole. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. And would, it goes on a long time and I find myself rooting like don't cut back to him. Just for, <laughs> I'd rather watch the horrified expressions of the other two yeah. than this and uh yeah, so it's just this okay, we're just going to see these people get picked off one by one. I'm pretty sure the story ends with the last guy on the raft just waiting it waiting out, it out right. not knowing what, you know. And the movie ends with a more comical wave attack yeah. of the thing, you know. A very effective, scary, dark story that it's like, man, come on. You guys had, you always were 90% of the darkness. Mm-hmm. You could have kept it. It's like you needed the big action thriller escape. So I don't know. Creepshow 2, I, the hitchhiker, we get to see George Costanza's boss. It's just a man getting murdered like 40 times Yeah, by a Bond woman <laughs> just like yeah more unlikable people that you don't really care about yeah and... a rich woman runs over a homeless or a hitchhiker guy and uh who looks homeless and scary and then he just keeps coming back and she keeps getting more and more murderous and we just get a guy run over by a car like 20 times and a woman just she had such she was so soap opera mm-hmm. as she's just running over a man and then in the end, she it's just paid off by her just wrapped in a sign. Like, oh, yeah. everybody I, else got the most violent death ever. I do kind of like the final where she pulls into the garage thinking she's escaped this zombie <laughs> yeah. hitchhiker who keeps coming back, and then he's under the car. The makeup there where, like, the tongue's hanging out and the eyes are hanging oh, out. Yeah. That was, it was the ooey-gooeyest, reddest skin makeup you ever seen. That's not bad. I do love I like this that. guy getting more and more just bloody and wet. Yeah. We end with more of our not Ralph Beck. And also we get these, <laughs> the animated creep segments are so funny because they're drawn like, that's the most Saturday morning cartoon part oh, of it. for sure. For some reason, the creep is even more so because he's kind of smiling. Mm-hmm. He's not like demonically evil like the Crypt Keeper and shrill. He's just like an old guy. who's like, well, if that tale didn't scare you away, like, no. Right. An Indian just kind of hung around for a while. And I'm not, they, I'm not like, leaving the theater, creep. Even like before the last one, he's like, I think we have time for one more. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, it's such a... Just get to it. Well, we had to edit out two stories because the Indian <laughs> one went long. No, creep. 
Why are you telling me? Like, like the first creep show, it's like end comic panel, page turns, fake ad. You know, <laughs> next story. This one is like five minutes of him being like, "If you thought that raft was a scary ride, <laughs> yeah. get ready for the hitchhike." Like, come on, man. Yeah, and then he like also kind of, uh, he's like Sam Elliott, Sam Sam Elliott in the Big Lebowski, who's kind of telling the. Well, Billy, who just ordered these Venus flytrap scenes, is in for a bit of a surprise. Like, come on, man. Yeah. The But I do like the weirdness, but also the bleakness, more bleakness, of the final wraparound with that little kid. Apparently, these th- Venus things grow immediately. These, that's uh, another yeah. thing that doesn't get explained. Well, that's that's kind of like the voodoo doll, right? In the, the the ad is the everything you want it to be. If exactly. they're telling you you're getting a Venus flytrap, man-eating, giant it's going to be a man-eating Venus flytrap. Yeah, I do kind of like that where he's got the bullies chasing him and he lures them into the Venus flytrap yeah. area. And just, you get to watch four... Four bullies get ripped up. <laughs> but even that, even that even scene... that's not done like... That's not even fun. It's animated with these giant like plant things. Like it should be fun, and then it's just the kids being like, <laughs> "It's like it's like they got actual like, children to do the screams." Yeah. And so it's these fourteen-year-olds like, who who I swear didn't one know was the- like a toddler. Like they just hired like a toddler to scream or something. Like, yeah. It's a very like one of the Ugh. kids is like you know the fourth bully who never even hits anybody. He's more just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just like, oh my god, <laughs> no. It's like pissing their pants, and it's just like not fun because it's just like, oh Jesus! Just watching thirteen-year-olds get murdered. No, I didn't know, mommy. No, like some of these yeah. kids can maybe be reformed, and this kid who's just this like, it's oh, he much. knows his way around town. He'll steer clear of the bullies. Now the kid's like, yeah, kill him. <laughs> this other kid, like a twelve-year-old with like chubby cheeks and a little striped. Hang ten T-shirt. Who's now just like got bloodlust because mm-hmm. he read one like a heavy metal magazine. These, are, these comics are good, man. Jeez, <laughs> these things are. No wonder parents thought their kids were gonna just get. Everything was depicting these kids just like all it takes is seeing one boob. Yeah, and then then look what happens. Oh, so I liked Creep Show two more this time. I was too harsh on it the first time, but yeah, it's okay. I it's still just okay, though, for me can't ever see me watching it compared to creep show at a three to one ratio right i you it know. was like yeah after we finished watching it it was like even liking it kind of more it's like i just kind of would rather watch I'll the pretty first much, one again. i know i'll see creep show at least twice more yeah probably three times more before ever seeing creep show it's two just again. it's it's one that i'll i'll throw on that first one you know Anytime. Totally. And then this one is just not going to happen. Yeah. Now, you liked, uh, you kind of told me about the Creep Show TV show. I just saw it recently. I liked the TV show from last but, year. Yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, again, I, I love shows like Twilight Zone. And, and mm-hmm. so having that come back as a, as a actual series, an anthology series like that. Uh, there's some good ones. It starts off strong. The, the best one I think we're in agreement on is the man folded into his suitcase. Mm hmm. Uh, the Nazi werewolves one is fun. That one's good. The uh, more more uh, Jeffrey Combs stuff. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs and that werewolf one is great. Yeah, the- it's a, a lot of Greg Nicotero effects. John Harrison uh, is around, so there's uh, you know, and a couple of the stories are actual Stephen King stories. I really liked Gray Matter, yeah. the short story. 
So it was cool seeing a visualization of that. And then, yeah, the man in the suitcase is a weird one. Yeah, it's weird. That one gets into kind of the the depths of the human cruelty. These, mm-hmm. if, you, if you cause this man pain, he gives you gold coins. And 30 seconds in, these people are hooking this dude up to a car battery. Yeah. They're, it's pretty depraved. They're treating him like a slot machine. Yeah, I liked it's, it a lot. Yeah, the depths of humanity is, that stuff affects me because we keep seeing them. Yeah. We keep seeing the depths and it keeps saying just like that that makes this stuff scarier for yeah. me now. And uh yeah, there was a couple of sketchy ones. The the there was one that should have been better with David Arquette. Uh yeah. Where like a civil war broke out and some militia guys took over the town and now they're getting their payback. But the payoff isn't very good. I didn't care for that one, no. Uh I like the trick or treaters. Uh, gang that oh, goes sure. door to door and and uh, is enacting revenge for uh, yeah that the one's... young kid who's who got burnt up or whatever oh yeah that one's cool that one that one's good and that one is really fun about well fun Ugh. uh well laid out in how the story got revealed it, right exactly where the, they start as looking like these awful punks and then you start learning their story right getting these getting these different reactions or they just seem like normal kids but then they would they go door to door and every house they go to they're like what are you doing here yeah don't come here and people are terrified of them and you're like what the fuck's going on yeah yeah it's totally like a village of the damned situation where these kids come back one night a year and the whole town's just like oh geez Mm. hope (laughs) hope they don't hit up my house this year exactly like Oh, yeah, you know, dairy is nice. The real estate's cheap. But every 27 or 28 years, uh, the town gets tricked into committing a lot of murders. They get their brain possessed by a a clown spider. A lot of kids go missing. A lot of kids disappear. So every 28 years or so, you can buy an affordable house in dairy and live very comfortably for at least a couple generations until you have to skip town. That's this town. People are still like, I don't want to leave, but I've lived here all my life. It's only one night a year that we might be visited by these trick-or-treating murder punks. So that was a good one, though. Yeah. So I like the Creepshow property. You said it's already coming back for a there's second a, There's season? a second season. I think it's still in the works. But, okay. uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And Yeah, this, the most uh, successful ones for me still in these little anthologies are always going to be a man that has something terrible happen just because... Just because he was in the wrong place. Four teens going out to a raft. They were just going to have some beers and maybe have uh, have dock sex. Right. Nope. They're all dying the worst deaths instead. Jordy Verrill thinks he's going to get 50 100 $200 <laughs> from this meteor. Nope. Dies no. the worst death ever less than a half a day later. Turns into a grass dude. There's this Steven Spielberg story. Have you ever seen Amazing Stories? I've heard of his TV anthology. Yeah, Uh, yeah. there was. I don't think I ever saw it. There was that that aired when I was little. It aired like eighty five, eighty six. So I was five years old. And there was this one story. I didn't know it was from Amazing Stories, but I had this memory, this scary uh, memory. This episode where a guy just becomes magnetic, Hmm. and it starts out small, where little things are flying into him, and he doesn't know what to do. And pretty soon, it's like him running down his school hallway while lockers fly open and trash cans are flying at him. And it's like, he becomes this more powerful and more powerful magnet. And there was something so horrifying about this to me as this kid, like he didn't do anything weird. He didn't just go like running through magnetic fields. 
<laughs> and then it got possessed. It's just like he woke up and was magnetic. And it was one of those, you know, 30 year old memories that you happen across. Like, this is the thing. This sounds, this seems familiar. Like when I, N- Amazing Stories was on Netflix for a while. Gotcha. And that feels like a creep show kind of story to me. Not necessarily like the depths that, yeah. of human depravity, but these poor, suffering, sad people who never asked for this. Well, that's a lot of the Lovecraft stuff mm-hmm. that I think has a lot of influence in, in some of these cool stories where it's just like, you don't deserve to experience this horror. You didn't do anything, but you've encountered something that is forever going to just yeah. ruin your life. <laughs> do you think Jeffrey Combs is cursed? Or does he just happen to end up in all these Lovecraft kind of <laughs> oh, <laughs> tales? I, I think he's blessed he, for it. Are you is he me? pushing Lovecraft I think if propaganda? You, I think if you ask Jeffrey Combs, he'd say he was blessed <laughs> yeah, to have this career. Yeah, he's done very well yeah. by H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you have somehow not seen Creepshow... It is an obvious classic. It is one of the, at least, yeah, top 10. Top 10, at least. We, we got to hammer out our top 10 I, You know, I always time. say top five when I'm referencing my favorite thing. I don't really have a top five. I well, can't do that. But it's a, I'll say that about this. I'll say that about a Carpenter movie I love. It's a shifting yeah. thing, though. Yeah, yeah. My top five changes weekly, I'm sure. There's things that are harder to knock off the top, but it is constantly rotating through. Even if I haven't seen a movie, I'll look at one of my lists and be like, this one should be moved up a couple spots, mm, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I always do that with my top. So right now, if I were to look at 1982, I'm sure Creepshow would be very well represented that year. Uh, and Creepshow 2, maybe moving up a little bit in uh, 1988. Top 50. <laughs> top, <laughs> top 50 horror of yeah. 1988. You got it. Why uh, not? Well, I think it came to this. We covered all the creep show. I think, yeah, it's definitely come to this. It probably came to this like a long time ago. We just kept going. But no. uh, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Good night.